Man getting after it. One more week. What's up? It's Kevin Crockett, Avery Collins, Christopher Thomas with the Air It Out podcast brought to you by Inside the Hashes, insidethehashes.com. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Uh, shout out to Avery. First of all, I don't know if you know that I caught this or not, but I heard you humming the NFL on CBS theme song just about two minutes ago before we're getting started here. Did I hear that? Yes, that was me. Oh, it was Chris doing that. Okay, I heard that. Anytime you hear it, man, you're ready for kickoff. Uh, and we are ready to kick off another podcast. So big shout out to you for joining us uh, in the news already this week. Maybe some stuff we'll get into. We'll see what kind of time we get into. Uh, Tom Brady said he wants to play until he's 45 years old. He wants to play football as a quarterback, as a man in the professional realm of football until he's 45. So uh, we can talk about that if that's a realistic thing. He said it's to Oprah, so you know he's got to believe it. Uh, word is from Odell's camp that they don't want to hold out, but they're still saying, ah, maybe he will, maybe he won't. It'll be interesting to see when training camp comes around. But uh, one of the things that we were talking about, fellas, is I know that I enjoy myself some Madden. I like to pick up the sticks. I like to get after it. Very interesting tweet came out from Kevin Nagandi. Of course, Madden usually debuts in August, so just around the corner from that. It's just when preseason and training camp and all that good stuff is rolling right along. I found this interesting from Kevin Nagandi from ESPN. Gentlemen, I'm going to give you the top 10 2019 Madden quarterback rankings, and then we're going to get after it in this conversation. So, coming in at number one at a 99 rating, Despite missing a lot of time injured last year, Aaron Rodgers coming in at number two with a 97 rating. That man who was played until he's 45, Tom Brady. Coming in at number three, Drew Brees with a 90. Coming in at number four, Russell Wilson with an 89 rating. Coming in at number five, Matt Ryan with an 88. A three-way tie for six between Big Ben, Andrew Luck, and Phillip Rivers, all with an 86 rating. Carson Wentz coming in at an 85 at number nine. And Matthew Stafford, big money Matthew Stafford, coming in at number 10 with an 83. So, fellas, first of all, I'm going to ask you for your reaction to that list. What do you think? Obviously, Madden, not the perfect uh, comparison to the NFL, but pretty close for uh, football fans that are out there that enjoy the game, that love doing all that stuff. It's pretty close. So I'm going to ask you where you think this list went wrong, and who do you think was left off of the list? And, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. When I give you those rankings, what are your first thoughts? How's Andrew Luck, who has literally missed football for the last year and a half, has a higher rating than Matt Stafford and Carson Wentz? And not to mention also former MVP candidate Cam Newton. That is, to me, probably the biggest eyesore watching this list. I mean, and the fact that I I don't still get what – don't get me wrong. When Andrew Luck is healthy, he's the best – he's a, a top-tier quarterback, a future to franchise guy, but – if we're judging ratings on, like, what have you done for me lately, then in this case, he shouldn't be in the top ten at all, in my opinion. And who do you think is missing from that list? I, I saw you say no love for Cam Newton, but is that is that the guy who's missing on the list for you so far? Yes, I think I think Cam Newton should be in that top ten spot instead of Andrew Luck. You know, what Cam Newton has been able to do during that time frame when Andrew Luck has not been, like, either has been playing subpar, has been hurt, Cam Newton has won an MVP, he's took his team to the Super Bowl, he's taken his team to the playoffs multiple times, and yeah, I feel like Cam Newton is probably the most disrespectful player, disrespected player on this top 10 quarterback list who wasn't even on it at all. Avery, hit him with it, man. What do you think about that list? <clears throat> well, um, I, I, I don't have like a huge gripe with the list. Um, as far as, you know, Chris's 
you know, sentiment as far as Andrew Luck being above uh, Carson Wentz and Matthew Stafford. I can I can understand where he's coming from. Um, the issue, I guess, my rebuttal to that is um, when, like you said, you know, if he's, I, I, I'm just one of those people who I don't like to use injuries as a reason why somebody isn't good. Um, only because we've seen people come back from injury and be excellent. Um, like, for example, Adrian Peterson. And um, the quarterback position is a position where you can bounce back from from injury uh, more so than, you know, uh, other positions on the field. I think when he's on the field, he does change the game. I mean, the guy, he's you know, he gets, he gets his team to the playoffs. Um, and then you look at the, the teams around these other uh, top-tier quarterbacks, they're much better than what Andrew Luck has to work with. He doesn't have much to work with. Um, his offensive line isn't good at all. I mean, that's the reason he hurt, he's hurt in the first place. His defense isn't good. Um, they haven't. They, I mean, they they really haven't been, you know, anywhere close to what they 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 I guess were projected to be. So, I think the fact that he when he's on the field he still puts wins on the board um, is, a, is is big for me. Um, I do agree that um, Cam Newton uh, should be in the top ten. My issue is I just don't know who I would take off. And that's why I said I don't have a huge gripe with the the list. Um, I'm one of the persons who kind of err on the side of uh, I, I tend not to try to give newer quarterbacks that um, you know that 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 level of confidence just because you know I mean granted we've seen enough out of Carson to say this guy is without question the top ten quarterback. But usually the way I kind of judge it is like, oh, you've only been in the league for a year. You've only been in the league for uh, for two years and such and such. And then you look at the team that was built around him. They were able to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl with the backup quarterback. You know what I mean? So it's just like, was it really all Carson? So, I mean, if I had to, like if somebody put a gun to my head, I think it would have to be Carson Wentz take off, take the, uh, taking off the list. And that hurts because I'm a huge Carson Wentz fan. I, I'm not an Eagles fan in the slightest, but I do like like I like their players. And Carson Wentz is one of those players that I feel is without question a game changer. He's a franchise quarterback. He's um, he's top tier. I think he's going to be the the guy once you know Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady um, you know go away. I think it's going to be with between him, Andrew Luck, um, Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, and um, possibly Russell Wilson. But at the same time, like I said, if I had to, if I had to chew, if I had to, and somebody's pointing a gun in my head, he'd probably be off the list or, uh, and put Cam on it. I think it's interesting. One of the things that we've talked about a lot in this podcast for different reasons, one reason or another, has always been that availability is the greatest ability. You have to be around in order to be able to play. And, uh, you know, you look at Carson Wentz is a prime example, but Andrew Luck, I mean, missing two seasons. And right now they're saying, like, hey, he's throwing a high school football. He's throwing a college football. Uh, granted, I, do I know anything about his shoulder? No. Uh, I think that offensive line is going to be in better shape. I think Ryan Kelly's pretty healthy coming into this season. Uh, Quentin Nelson, to me, was the best pick a team could have made in the draft because uh, watching the – tape on him in Notre Dame and seeing him come out, especially for Andrew Luck, who's had no offensive lineman in front of him. Uh, not only was it a safe pick, but 
there were other players obviously on the board at that time when Indianapolis was drafting that they could have been that would have been a little bit more sexy other positions but no they finally have people in there uh the post Ryan Grigson era where people are like okay we got to protect this dude we can't just try to put people wherever else and think that he's just going to keep himself on his feet and make plays Uh, I think it's interesting that now I love uh, Aaron Rodgers and if I had to win one game with a quarterback it probably would be Aaron Rodgers but do you guys think 99 is lofty not only is 99 lofty but 97 at Tom Brady and number two who's often discussed as the greatest quarterback of all time uh do you think like when I think 99, I almost think, like, cheat code. Like, Aaron Rodgers is like a cheat code in this thing. Uh, do you think a 99 is a fair rating, Chris? I think 99 is a fair rating. Um, when you consider the skill set of what Aaron Rodgers could do on the field when he's completely 100% healthy, it's probably one of the most, probably the greatest all-purpose skill set that you can ever have for any quarterback. The guy can make every single Every single throw on every single level, short, immediate, deep throw, he can throw on the run, he has great awareness, and more importantly, he can scramble. And when you take all that into consideration, and plus the fact that the guy just has like that it factor about him, that 99 rating to me seems completely justified because there's nothing that Aaron Rodgers can't do on that field. Avery, I'm thinking like 99 is like... MJ, man, in the old NBA Live days and stuff like that. Are you thinking the 99 is a fair rating for Aaron Rodgers? Um, I would say that it is a fair rating. I agree with Chris 110% here. Um, there's, you know, the debate whether, you know, who's the best quarterback ever and different things like that. But there's no debate to me as who is the most gifted quarterback in NFL history. And that Right there is Aaron Rodgers. Like he said, he checks off every single box. You want arm strength, he's got it. You want accuracy, he's got it. You want somebody who can throw in a run, he's got it. You want a, a field general, he's got that. You want somebody who can move around in the pocket, he's got that. You want somebody who can improvise outside of the pocket, he's got that. You want somebody who's tough, he's got that. You He checks off every single box that you want at that position. Um, and then on top of that, he just has what we all like to call the it factor. It's just something about the guy that just draws you to him that makes you feel like no matter what, you're in the game if he's on the field and he's 110% healthy. So I, I agree there. I would also like to point out that he, uh, Chris said that he checks off every box that you want um, from that position, um, yet and still – he doesn't think that Julio Jones is the best receiver in the league <laughs> who checks off every box oh, that gosh. you want at that position. But, you know, that's that's for another time. That's for another podcast. We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and move on. Another podcast. I'm sure that'll be next week, so make sure you're staying tuned in. For I know. That. I know. Just a disclaimer, first of all, Avery agreed with me, so that's kind of a monumental thing for this Air Dog podcast. I never <laughs> said Julio never checked off every single box. I'm just saying that in regards to that, I got to go with, you know what, forget it. Just, just next topic. There's tape out there. There's somebody listen to the tape. We'll find out what he said, what he didn't say. Uh, it's interesting. As far as I'm thinking a guy who didn't 
make it on this top 10 list. Again, I think Andrew Luck should maybe take a seat back. I think at 86, a little bit lofty. Think about a guy like Alex Smith. I mean, Alex is, you know, the quintessential West Coast quarterback for Texas football. Doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. So, uh, especially in Madden, where you got dudes like picking balls off like completely backwards and stuff like that, you got to think accuracy uh, is probably going to come into effect when you're thinking of the top 10. Interesting to me, though, as much as there is the debate about the top 10, and there is a little bit, but I don't think it's too crazy. I'm really interested to see what the ratings are of some of these other guys. You had mentioned Jared Goff earlier. You mentioned Cam Newton. Uh, what about Case Keenum? What about Alex Smith? What about Kirk Cousins? What about those middle-tier guys? Because if Matt Stafford, you know, in my mind, I would think that Matt Stafford is higher than an 83, and Carson Wentz is higher than an 85, and Philip Rivers is higher than an 86, it'll be really interesting to see uh, what numbers those guys come in with. And, you know, there's going to be that Madden frustration. You get in that first game, you try to lead a receiver, and you end up throwing it to a linebacker, getting all mad. So, uh, But that's why we play Madden. We love the game. So interesting ratings. I'm sure they're going to be coming out with more and more as we lead up to the game. Uh, but always fun to get. And none of you guys ever asked me to pick up the sticks. Whenever you're ready, we can go with it. Uh, so we take a look at the landscape of the NFL. You're nodding. I see what's going on over there. Uh, take a look at the landscape of the NFL. We always like to follow along with these storylines as they're happening. Obviously, Teams aren't in training camp yet. These guys are off doing their own thing, getting some downtime, getting to enjoy their families and going on vacation and do whatever they're going to do before the grind of the NFL season comes around the corner. But that doesn't mean there's not trash talking out there. Christian Kirksey of the Cleveland Browns tweeting that he believes the Cleveland Browns will be in the playoffs this season. That's right. I'm talking about the 0-16 Cleveland Browns. So uh, it would take quite a leap, gentlemen. Avery, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Realistically, is there a situation where you could see the Cleveland Browns being in the playoffs next year? Well, I'm glad you formatted the question that day, that way. Um, realistically, is there a situation? Yes, I do think there's a situation in which they could make the playoffs, and that situation is if the Baltimore Ravens decide to allow Lamar Jackson on the field this season. Now, I'm a huge fan of Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to be a great player. I think he has amazing upside, and I think he's. I don't think he's going to be a bust. I think he's going to be a great NFL football player. However, I think he's one of those players that needs to sit for a couple of years and be groomed. Um, with that being said, I don't know if putting him on the field is the best move for the Ravens. And if they do that, I think that gives the Browns an opportunity to – kind of squeeze in there. And the reason I say that is because they still have Tyrod Taylor at the helm, um, who's a proven quarterback in this league. I don't think he's elite. I don't think he's top tier. He's, But he's good enough to get um, a Bills team who hadn't made the playoffs in years into the playoffs. He's able to do that. I think the Browns have um, enough pieces on their roster, on paper, that, that look good enough to uh, compete in their division I feel like the Bengals, again, we kind of talked about them last week where it's kind of like they just, they never reach their true, you know, potential. They never, ever get past that threshold. They can't win a playoff game. I think that the Browns could possibly do something there. Um, if Because, they you know, they play, they play tough in their division. They always lose, but they play tough in their division. So I think if they can get a couple plays to kind of swing their way, um, and win a couple games in their division, then yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a possibility. I think that, um, like I said, Tyrod Taylor. I think what they have added on defense can um, help them as well. So, um, 
you know. Yeah, I think I think it's a it's a possibility. Do I see it happening? Not this year, but it's a possibility. Chris, what about you? What do you think? I like what the Browns did all offseason. They picked up Carlos Hyde. They got um, my, one of my favorite running backs, Nick Chubb, in the second round. Josh Gordon's coming back. And if you've seen his Instagram post and when he's posted on Twitter, he looks absolutely ready to take off this year. They still got Corey Coleman. They traded for Jarvis Landry. They have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And also, Teron Taylor, not a huge fan, but he's not top tier, but he's a serviceable quarterback. And Miles Garrett's going to be coming into his second year completely healthy. And like when he was healthy and playing, he had seven and a half sacks playing like half the year. They have a lot of talent on, especially on the offense side, to win some football games. That being said, I still think they're about two years away. I still think another year of like getting the right defensive amount of pieces, they can really be, they could just be right there with Pittsburgh in about two years to compete with this division. They have a lot of pieces on offense, not to mention a lot of, a lot of things. I think Baker Mayfield will come along with those two years. Cause I think he has one of the better uh, quarterback coaches in football and Hugh Jackson. When you look at Andy Dalton's production, Within the first few years with Hugh Jackson there, he Andy Dalton was a Pro Bowl quarterback. But then look at the last two years without him, it Andy Dalton just looks like a below average quarterback. And granted, um, you know Hugh Jackson only won one game in the last two years, but when you consider the quarterback talent, management wise, and everything else, it it was to be expected. But they got um John Dorsey, who was the the guy who ran the operations for the Kansas City Chiefs, who was a perennial playoff team. The Browns are trending upwards, so the only way that the only way to go go is up, unless they go over sixteen again. Avery, go ahead. Yeah, I I, I agree there. Um, but that was a, that was a, he he pointed out a couple things that that I agree with. Um, like he said, you know, maybe two years. One of the reasons I agree with that is because Ben Roethlisberger. I think he's on his last leg. I think he's going to be moving out the door. So that 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 opens the door in that division. Um, I also feel the same way about Joe Flacco. I feel like he's like kind of on his last leg. Um, so I think that because of the uncertainty at the quarterback position in the division itself as a whole, it gives the Browns a chance to kind of take hold of it, as well as um, he pointed out with uh, Hugh Jackson, again, as far as a uh, NFL head coach, maybe not the best choice that you want to go with, but an NFL quarterback's coach, he does do pretty well. Like you said, um, Andy Dalton had his best years um, working with Hugh Jackson. So uh, I, I agree there that um, – uh, you know, they, they, they have a lot of pieces in place, like I said, on paper that make it look like they're trending in a, the, the, um, a better direction. And then they get the GM from the Chiefs, who we all know he is, you know, like it's like he's a drafting guru. I mean, he's drafted what Travis Kelsey, uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, Tariq Hill. Like those are staples in Kansas City right now, those are guys that you look at and you're like, yeah, these are are, are, are some, some pivotal parts of, of the team as a whole. So I think that his skill set um, added on the Browns, um, like I said, even with the pieces that they added already, like he said, you know, Nick Chubb, Carlos Hyde, I just think, I think it bodes well for them for the future. So I'll ask you this then. If you are a Browns fan, and I feel like we've had a pretty realistic conversation about their expectations, and Chris, I'm going to start with you. Uh, realistically, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you should say to yourself, if the Cleveland Browns win X number of games, this was a successful season. What's that number for you? 
I say six. Um, I've looked over their schedule. They have a really rough first two weeks. Um, they host Pittsburgh, and they have to take on the Saints right after that. The, they do have the. I think they have enough talent to to at least split with Cincinnati or at least sweep them. And same with Baltimore. At the tail end, they also take on the Texans. They take on the Buccaneers. They have a lot of winnable games this year. So I think with six, with what they were able to accomplish this offseason, it's, it's a good sign going forward. Avery, same question to you. If you are a realistic Browns fan, the season wraps up. What's the number of wins for you to feel satisfied with where this team is going? Well, if I'm a Browns fan, the number that is satisfying is one. I mean, can we get one? Um, but no, realistically, um, I would say I would say five. I'm gonna go one less than what what Chris said. I'm gonna say five wins, um, just because, um, like I said, you're going from zero wins. I mean, one in the last two years to to five. That's that's I I could if I was a Browns fan, I could accept that, um, knowing that you know all the pieces aren't essentially fully together yet and the fact that they still do play in one of the toughest divisions in football so i think five wins uh as a browns fan uh, should be acceptable you know they're a really interesting team and i don't know if maybe it's just because tyrod taylor is on the forefront of my brain but i kind of look at what the bills did last year a ton of turnover in the front office a ton of turnover in the coaching staff a lot of different roster moves and it seemed like the bills week in and week out you kind of forgot they were winning games. Like they, they, they kind of backed their way into the playoffs. They needed some help to do it, but you kind of forgot. Like, okay, well, Bills have a winning record, and then you look at the scoreboard and be like, okay, Bills won that game. And do the Browns have that effect? Do I think that they're the same team again? Maybe it's just because Tyrod Taylor's on my brain. I don't know that they do, but I don't think it would be a complete shock if you know we've seen eight and eight teams get in the playoffs. We've seen nine and seven teams get in the playoffs. And Chris, to your point, if they handle. The Bengals, which I think is very possible, if they handle the Ravens, which I think is very possible, and if you you know keep a puncher's chance going with with the Steelers and maybe steal one of those games, I mean, heck, they had them on the ropes. What was a week one last year? They they had a game they should have won with Deshaun Kaiser. They should have won that game. So uh, if they manage to just turn a couple of those games around, uh, you know, you play the NFC South, which is not an easy division to play against. Uh, but if they can just maybe just turn it a little bit, does eight and eight back them into the playoffs, nine and seven? I think there's, I wouldn't be completely surprised if you told me they were going to go 12 and four, win the division and all that stuff. I'd be like, okay, pump the brakes, pal. But I definitely think that there is a possibility that they could get into the playoffs. However, we are talking about, uh, realistic situations here. And I think they do take a nice step forward. I think that six, seven win mark. Uh, that we all kind of keep putzing around five, six, seven wins. Uh, I'm right there with you guys. So I, I think that they can get there. I think as a Browns fan, as long as you see those young guys, especially uh, making steps forward, maybe they start off slow. Chris, like you mentioned, the, the top half of that schedule could be a little bit brutal. Maybe if the middle of the season, towards the end of the season, they really start grinding out some wins and, and making some progress, you can be satisfied as a Browns fan. So would I be blown away if they made the playoffs? No, but uh, if I had a lot of money and had to push it on one side or the other, I would definitely say that I don't think the Browns are making the playoffs. And uh, You know, we, we talk about big money right now, talking about money pushing it in towards the table. How about big money Tom Brady, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, saying that he wants to do it until he is 45 years old. So he's got two years remaining on his contract with the Patriots. He'll be turning 41 in August, took the Instagram, a little Spanish, saying that he wants to get to 45. 
uh, at a conference early in May, he did say that he, quote, negotiated the next two years with his wife, Giselle. I'd love to sit in on those negotiations, uh, but that he, quote, has a little further to go on the family talk. So I'm going to ask you guys, realistically, here, here's how I want to pitch this to you. Tom Brady gets through the last two years of that contract and still wants to play, and New England says, look, we just want to go in a different direction. It's time for us to move on. Maybe time for you to move on. Avery, I'm going to start with you. If a 43-year-old Tom Brady is available and wants that max guaranteed two-year deal, can you realistically see yourself as a general manager offering a 43-year-old quarterback everything that he wants to come and be your franchise guy, even though he is arguably the greatest quarterback of all time? A 43-year-old Tom Brady knocks on your door. Are you opening? Uh, the answer is yes. Um, the reason be, well, it depends on obviously the team and what you have at the quarterback helm already, but if it's a team where they, you know, need a quarterback, then, uh, without question, the reason I say that is you look at the position that he plays. Number one, it's not as demanding as the other positions on the field are from a physical standpoint. You look at somebody like Tara Owens, who's 40, what, 44 years old now, and he's still running a four, four. Uh, 40 yard dash. I don't and, know if he ran a 4 or 4. I think somebody was on that clock giving hey, him a little extra sweetness because that. Uh. Hey, listen. Either way, <laughs> either way, it was it was a smooth run. Yes. Um, yes. And the fact that he's still able to do that at his age um, just kind of, it just looked, and Tom Brady takes care of his body as best as, as, as good as anybody else in the league. Um, like I said, that's not a demanding position. You know, Terrell Owens, if he was to be on the field, he would be, you know, he'd be getting beat up a little bit because he's, you know, getting the ball in his hands. He's getting hit by linebackers, safeties, you know, um, corners and different things like that. So with Tom Brady, um, it's less of a demand on him physically. Um, the other thing is, you know, he take cares of, take, takes care of his body very well. He gets the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. He doesn't take unnecessary hits to his body. Um, and then last but not least, it's just the fact that he brings to the table, again, that it factor. I mean, if the Patriots were to say, yeah, we're going to move into another direction, that's only going to spark a fire in Tom Brady. That's all it's going to do. And you got you to gotta think of, as well, when Peyton Manning won his last Super Bowl, he was a shell of himself. He wasn't any, anywhere close to the physical, um, uh, 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 I guess, stature of what Tom Brady is right now. Um, he could barely, you know, hold the football. That's why he wore a glove. Tom Brady is, from what we see, he he doesn't have any issues like that. He takes care of his body very well. So you add that and then add a chip on his shoulder because he's going to be upset with the Patriots for letting him go because I'm sure he wants to retire a Patriot and wants to, you know, ride off into the sunset and retire on his own time. If that was to, to happen... Now you're getting a fueled Tom Brady as well. So, um, you know, you bring a veteran presence into the to the locker room, somebody who uh, you, you can see his mindset has changed as well. Like he's thinking more family first. He's more approachable. He's talking. He's laughing with the guys um, and different things like that. So I think, I think it, that all, again, in the right situation, uh, will bode well for him. Chris, I'm going to ask you, man, 43-year-old Tom Brady gets out of his contracts with New England and is knocking on your door and a general manager. Uh, you're the guy. Are you letting him in? 
Um, well, what, first of all, what everything Avery said was pretty much spot on. Like for a guy that's well over forty now, it's going to be forty-one going into the season. He takes extremely care, well care of his body. Um, he won the MVP. He's probably the oldest person to win the MVP at forty years old. That being said, I'm going to have to say no, strictly from a financial standpoint. If if I have a team, if I have a team set up that's win right now, but good offensive line, good weapons, amazing defense, and I need that quarterback, then sure. However, that being said, if, I've, if it's just a need effect of a quarterback, giving Tom Brady that 25 to 27 guarantee money that which Kirk Cousins and now Matt Ryan is making, I think that's way too much of a gamble. At 43 years old, it's way too much of a risk for me to put my money on. I think it's interesting because, especially if it's just a two-year deal, I think that makes it maybe a little more realistic. And you got to think the, the salary cap in two years would probably be that guaranteed money probably be in the thirty to thirty-five range. Something that could play an effect in all this. Obviously, the uh, NFLPA their uh, contract is going to be coming up in twenty twenty. So, uh, very interesting to see if they re-sign a contract. There's already talks about maybe they're uh, being a standoff there between the NFLPA and the owners. So that that'll obviously play a role. You know, Father Time, man, is undefeated. And, and Avery, you had mentioned Peyton Manning. And it was, you were so happy for Peyton to win that Super Bowl. But, man, was it hard to watch down the stretch. He actually played really well in the AFC Championship game. I say really well for what you expected of Peyton Manning in that AFC Championship game against the Patriots. And then did just enough to not lose a Super Bowl for a Denver defense that was incredibly stacked. You know, if you're if you're a quarterback away, if you feel like you are a team like the Denver, if in two years the Denver Broncos have this incredible defense, in case Keenum's not the guy, and Tom Brady has a chance to come in, stick it to the New England Patriots, and be that guy for them, gosh, it would be hard to turn them away at thirty to thirty-five million dollars to just say, come on in here and do the thing. But Father Time, man, is undefeated, and you just got to think at some point. Maybe this just it, it would. I feel like it wouldn't even take a whole lot. I mean, you mentioned he takes care of his body. He's only had really one major injury in his career, but um, you know, none of us are professional athletes. But I know if I hurt something now, it takes a whole lot more time to recover than it did five years ago, ten years ago, two years ago. So it'll be really interesting to see. Um, you know, but Tom is a warrior. I actually have one more question for you guys. Given all the circumstances about his career, his age. Avery, I'm going to start with you. Do you foresee a situation where the New England Patriots win the Super Bowl this year and Tom Brady retires? Wow. Oh, that's loaded. Um, I, I guess my point. I guess my point is say say so. The number is 45. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Do you see any situation in the next two, three, four years where he wins a Super Bowl and it's just like? All right, that's it. You think he's just you think he's just thinking one more? I just want one more, or do you think he's gonna keep rolling the dice? Uh yes, actually, I I, I can agree with that. See, and bec- the reason was because I kind of felt that um, after the most recent Super Bowl loss, I feel I felt like if he won that Super Bowl, he would have retired. That's just my personal opinion. I feel I feel like if he beat the Eagles, he would have retired. And said, you know what? That's it. I, I'm done. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang it up. And I had actually said that prior to the playoffs. I said if, if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, he's gonna retire. So I can agree there. I think that yeah, if he wins one more in that you know one to two year window that he negotiated with his wife, I think that's gonna be it. And I think more importantly, not just for him, I think that's gonna be it for his wife. 
she's going to just she's going to uh, not say put her foot down like you know Tom Brady doesn't have any say in it or anything, but I feel like she's going to make such a compelling argument. I mean, he's got you know children that he's raising. He's got a wife who wants him around. Um, he actually, you know, he's like I said, dealing with the issue that he dealt with this past season. Uh, excuse me, the season prior with his mother. Um, he's more family oriented. So I think that if he can, you know, win another Super Bowl, he'll go ahead and ride off into the sunset and uh, call it call it quits. Chris, is that what you're thinking? Uh, yeah, um, Tom Brady's just he's thinking like Thanos. He just needs one more one more Super Bowl ring to complete his Super Bowl Infinity Gauntlet. And right after that, I think him retiring at 45 gives him enough range for Belichick. And that relationship with Robert Kraft in order for them to craft one more Super Bowl before riding off to that sunset. Well, we could be debating this on this podcast for the next two, three, four years, depending on how things shake out for the Patriots. And Tom Brady, I mean, I don't want, in no circumstance do I want to bet against Tom Brady. Because even to our point, if he was 43, 44 and came knocking on the door, gosh, it would be hard not to guarantee him a ton of money to come in and play quarterback. But we will see. Time will tell, as will everything in the NFL. It's just around the corner. The kickoff, training camp, all that good stuff, just around the bend. For Avery Collins, Christopher Thomas, I'm Kevin Crockett for the Aired Out Podcast. Check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Brought to you by Inside the Hashes. Check out InsideTheHashes.com. Tons of NFL content, tons of college football content. You guys are doing a great job. I know, Avery, you just shout out your interview. What interview did you just do? You just did an interview, right? Yes, I just did an interview with a friend of mine, actually, a former 49ers running back, Kendall Gaskins. Awesome. So check that out, InsideTheHashes.com. Once again, Avery, Chris, Kevin, saying so long, people. We'll catch you next week. 